and to, you know, really understand what life on my own terms meant. Like things were quieter. I called the shots if I did not want to, you know, do an interview. I mean, obviously you have to do tons of things that you don't want to do in every position, entrepreneurship and corporate America. But you call the shots, you do the scheduling. So if you want to take a month off and you can afford to do that as an entrepreneur, do it, you know. Hello, and thank you for joining us on Posh Talks Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Women Living Intentional, a group created for those who are looking and ready to live in purpose. Now over to your host, Tayani Tellis. Hello, and welcome to Posh Talks Podcast, where living intentional consists of high vibes and posh lifestyles. I'm your host, Tayani Tellis, and today's episode is Straight Out of Corporate with Kay Renee. Now, before we get into today's episode, this podcast is sponsored by Intentional Investments. The Profit Blueprint registration is now open, guys. If you're a current business owner seeking assistance with making money every day or exceeding revenue goals for your business, registration is now open for the Profit Blueprint. During this two-day training, you will learn how to set your business up for success, learn tactics to profit off your clients' pain points, and create a conversion funnel to keep your clients purchasing and sending you referrals. This training is now open for the first 10 people. You can secure your spot today at www.intentionallyposh.com. Now, Kay Renee states one of the greatest moments of her life was when she was laid off from her executive level six-figure telecommunications job on February 26, 2016. Most people would have said this was like the total like detrimental part of their life, but for her, she felt this was like the defining moment for her to go after it. She states after that noisy, stressful job was gone, she started to realize what life was really all about. And don't get her wrong, she's grateful for all the lessons that she's learned from corporate America. Hello, Karen, and thank you so much for being a part of today's episode. How are you? Hey, I am wonderful. Thank you for having me. Yes, I am super excited to dive into these questions today and learn a little bit more about you and your journey into entrepreneurship. Now, with that being said, um, I was personally reading into your journey, and I was really inspired because I had a similar journey like yours. Um, However, for those who do not know, can you just give us a little history and background of your journey into entrepreneurship? Sure. So the the short story is is that I worked um, in tele in the telecommunications industry as a sales and marketing leader for about twelve years, and in twenty sixteen I was laid off. But my journey with entrepreneurship started in twenty I would say two thousand and eight when I started my first company. And it was called Rockstar Experience, and it was an event management company. And we specialized in listening parties and sort of an introduction to society and customers for upcoming artists. And we did that for about a year, but that business failed because we did not know what we were doing. 
we had a lot of revenue, but we did not know how to have a partnership and how to run a business. And then after that, I started uh, probably about a year or so later, I joined Corporate America, and then as I was matriculating through my time at Corporate America, I started my marketing agency. It's called Creative Umbrella Consultant, and it's still open today, and I love it. Uh, We pretty much started as an agency that helped uh, local businesses and basically anybody who needed marketing And now we've niched down to being uh, probably the world's first thought leader branding agency where we help social social impact entrepreneurs as well as people who want to be thought leaders alongside either their executive journey in corporate America or alongside their business. Yes, yes. So I love it. Now, you mentioned one that I know a lot of people struggle with, which is um, niching down to, you know, specifically working with um, specific people. So how were you able to get narrowly niched on who you wanted to serve? Well, you know what? I feel like the type of clients that I was attracting did it for me. What I didn't realize is that when I wrote my book straight out of corporate, is that I would have a lot of people reaching out to me saying, well, I want to do what you did. So pretty much it happened organically, and I started to notice that there was a lane for people who help social, social impact entrepreneurs as well as people who wanted to be thought leaders, and it didn't necessarily mean that everyone that came to me was actually a full-time entrepreneur. A lot of people that come to me are C-suite executives. They're still in corporate America, but they've also developed strategies and blueprints that they wanted to copyright and also learn how to share that with the world and market their vision alongside corporate America. Um, And I really love that because I did that. Um, But one of the things that I felt like I didn't get a chance to do was build a legacy-driven brand while I was in corporate America. I saw that happen for me after I left corporate America, and I had been doing it for so many different people that I just kind of fell into that niche. And I have CPAs, lawyers, VPs, um, people who have a product-based business, but they also wanted to build a personal brand and talk about, you know, the strategies they use to build their business. And I actually love it, and it's not what I set out to do. So it's important as entrepreneurs, as professionals, period, on any journey, is that you listen to and you look at what is happening during your trajectory so that you can get clues. Because one thing about it is the people that you attract, clients, um, colleagues, uh, even some of your employees will definitely repeat back to you the aha moments and discovery moments they had when they were engaging with you, and that helps your journey because you get to know how you add value to other people's lives. Yes, yes, yes. I love it. I love it. Um, you're dropping so many nuggets, so I hope people are listening and taking notes. Now, I just want to personally know, like, how has corporate America played a major part into your entrepreneurial journey? 
Um, corporate America played a huge part. I mean, I wouldn't know how to do profit and loss statements. I wouldn't know how that how everything is connected to a marketing budget or just an overall budget. I wouldn't know that you need to really have a yearly plan, not just a monthly plan, not a weekly right. plan, not a daily plan. Um, there's many things. I, I tell I was having a conversation with my best friend about this the other day about just emotional intelligence and a lot of my friends who are entrepreneurs and clients who are entrepreneurs and if they didn't if they hadn't had that corporate leadership experience, I noticed that they they kind of struggle in that space with the emotional intelligence and really learning how to develop people, but not only develop people, partner with people for success because everybody doesn't goals, everybody doesn't have the same vision, everybody doesn't even have the same perspective. So one of the major lessons that corporate America taught me was how to partner with people so that you can actually execute on projects. That was one of the major lessons because everybody's not going to have the same opinion or perspective, and you have to work through that as a leader to develop people, not only develop people, but get results out of people and to execute projects. Yes, I definitely agree. Now, what advice could you give someone who is looking to make the transition from corporate to entrepreneurship? Because um, honestly, I feel like there's a lot of noise on the Internet that tells you what to do, but you specifically knowing the corporate world to entrepreneurship, what would that transition look like for someone? Um, I'd say don't don't jump before you're ready um, just because you hear all the noise on the Internet. Um, this is a journey that you truly have to be prepared for. And to believe it or not, I feel like if you are a corporate professional, a couple things you need to look at is are you professionally prepared? Like do you have the skill set to navigate the world of entrepreneurship? It's going to require you to wear many hats. And it's going to require you to put on some hats that you probably never put on before. Even me, with all the experience that I had, you know, this is not my first rodeo in entrepreneurship. I was in corporate America leading over 300 people, and I still struggle with the day-to-day of entrepreneurship periodically. Um, And I'm not going to say that it is cookie cutter, and I'm not going to say that it's easy. Also, I think one of the biggest things that people – do not prepare themselves for is the financial part of it, the financial burden of entrepreneurship. Um, You have to make a lot of financial sacrifices, but not only that, if you're a corporate professional and you're making over $80,000, you need to make sure that you have money saved up, that you can afford insurance, that you can keep your lifestyle intact. And I'm not saying that you don't want to take a step back, you know, downgrade your lifestyle to make a sacrifice to build a business because you can very well do that. But you need to really look into the financial ramifications of becoming an entrepreneur because corporate America is a different trajectory. It's a a different journey. And you, along with the mental preparedness, you actually have to be financially prepared and you have to be emotionally prepared as well. And that's all different, that's all different things. So I would say, you know, make sure you have a counselor, make sure you have a financial advisor or someone that can help you structure your money and make your money 
perform and grow and also save um, as well as, you know, make sure that you have a support system, a support system of entrepreneurs who went before you, who have, you know, navigated these waters. There's nothing like having a support system that can say, oh, here, call my attorney. She can help you with that. Oh, call my accountant. She can help you with that. Um, And I can honestly say those things have been the foundation, you know, over the last few years. Yes, I definitely love these answers. Like, you're giving us so many gems and jewels. And that um, segments me into my next question. There was a quote on your site that stated, but I was able to be softer, quieter, and free. I must also admit that my relationship with God got stronger. I mean, can you just explain this a little bit more? I know a lot of relationships are strained, especially um, with working a nine-to-five, being an entrepreneur. How were you able to gain back what was important to you? Well, the first part of the first part of that, you know, question, it just talks about like being more connected with God. And I have to say this, like, in corporate America, I was defined as a shrewd businesswoman. I was that typical businesswoman climbing the corporate ladder, probably being stereotyped with all of the different stereotypical comments. But here's the thing. I was focused on money and success. And I have to be honest, although God has always been my foundation, I wasn't focused on God as much as I should have. And I was blaming time. I was blaming all kinds of other reasons why I was not focused on God. I wish I was. If I knew what I know now, I would have been. But when things got quieter, it's like not 300 people pulling you in 40 different directions, not corporate goals, not all of these things, all of this noise. When things got quieter, I actually realized that, oh, my, like, I was missing out on building a bulletproof relationship with God, and I just began to pray more. I just began to seek God more. I just began to, you know, really understand what life on my own terms meant. Like, things were quieter. I called the shots if I did not want to you know, do an interview. I mean, obviously you have to do tons of things that you don't want to do in every position, entrepreneurship and corporate America. But you call the shots, you do the scheduling. So if you want to take a month off and you can afford to do that as an entrepreneur, do it. You know, you do. You can do all the things that you want to do. And I say that with preface because a lot of newer entrepreneurs can't do that. But I've been in the game for a long time. You know, I've paid my dues, so now I'm experiencing life on my own terms, which really led to me quieting the noise and being more of a legacy-driven person, purpose-driven person, and understanding what that meant, but also, first and foremost, strengthening my relationship with God and really carving out time in my day to spend with, with him and get to know him better and seek his faith. Yes, I definitely love that. Now, um, I'd like even with that, like, how did you gain back like the important things to you? Was it something where you just started saying no to certain projects, or you started saying no to certain clients, or you start fixing your schedule? What did that look like for you? Yeah, well, so 
it like I said, it kind of organically happened in my agency. Our agency has always been an agency that we accept clients on a quarterly basis based on um, their marketing budget, um, and that marketing budget has to be 20000 and up. So we were kind of cool there. Um, alongside my marketing agency, I have had a coaching business where I help um, small business entrepreneurs market themselves. And like I said, that's kind of morphed into, um, which is now the Press Play Thought Leadership Accelerator that I am launching soon. Um, but that is just basically there's a certain type of client that I'm going to work with, um, and I have surveys in place. I have applications in place to kind of monitor that. But also, you know, saying no to projects, saying no to things that look like, you know, it's an opportunity, but it's not necessarily what you want to do, that's important. Um, you have to create your own lane, and in that, you have to learn that every opportunity is not always a good opportunity. Um, like I was just thinking about before we got on, like I don't, I really don't, and this is this is going to sound real bougie, but I really feel <laughs> like people shouldn't reach out to you other than a, uh, you know, press interview, a TV opportunity, a podcast, to do anything for free. And I really feel strongly about that because I feel like if you respect um, entrepreneurship, you never want to reach out to people and, do, and, and expect them to do anything for free. And what yes. I mean by that is you should be offering some type of compensation for that. Yes. Now, if it's a normal channel, like if it's press, you know, typically people do podcast interviews for free. They do magazine interviews, TV. Obviously, they do that. That is a industry thing. But don't reach out to me for an event where you're charging $300 for tickets, but then you want me to speak for free and you're giving me a table for exposure and you only have 400 people there. You know, those right. are the type of things that on the journey you learn. Like, you know, I'm probably going to have to say no, not because I'm bougie, not because I'm money hungry, but because I know what I want for my business and for myself. And me taking a whole day off at work to serve your your agenda without any compensation, that's not where I want to be with my entrepreneurial spirit. So just yeah. really just living life and doing business on your own terms. I know people say that a lot, but they don't really explain what that truly means. You know, it may mean for a lot of people being at the pool working. It may mean yoga pants. It may mean taking your kids to school and having lunch with your kids. You know, it means a lot of different things. For me, it means taking care of my mom, spending more time with her. Um, traveling whenever I want to, working from anywhere, going to China for a month. Like there's all types of things that, you know, this lifestyle affords you with a virtual business. Yeah, and I love it because you mentioned something. I don't think it's bougie, but I think it's you knowing your worth, number one, but also the value that you bring to any situation. So it's kind of a slap in the face to show up or, like you said, to serve someone else's agenda, knowing your value, your worth, and what you bring and offer um, that you will be offering to their audience without compensation. So I think that's very huge for people to realize because a lot of times we do 
water down our dreams or our work as entrepreneurs because we're like, okay, this is good for exposure, so I'm not going to ask for money. But it's like is the exposure, and depending on the situation, because I'm not going to say all the time, but realistically, is the exposure worth you not being compensated? Are you not um, valued for both is the thing that I will ask myself, you know. Am I not, you know, worthy of exposure and being compensated for my value? Or, you know, it just depends on the situation. So I love that you said that because a lot of people do not um, just admit that. They think it, but they don't say it. <laughs> so yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, I'm going to say whatever I want. And that's one of that's another thing of life and business on your own terms. Like, I felt like in corporate America, you know, you're muzzled so much because there's so many laws, there's so many, you know, everybody wants to be a leader until you're actually a leader, right. and you're under the realm of laws, and you can only say certain things, and everything is a court case, and, you know, I work for a very large, you know, Fortune 50 company where, you know, we had thousands of employees and you had to be on your best behavior. And I respect that structure because there's so much liability involved in that. But, you know, solopreneurs and people with smaller teams like myself, team under 10, you know, we pretty much beat to our own drum, which is amazing. You know, everything has its pros and cons. Right. Definitely, definitely. Now, to transition a little bit, you have a book out that is straight called Straight Out of Corporate. Can you tell us a little bit more about this book and the contents our readers can expect to gain um, from this particular book? Absolutely. So the so the book is basically it talks it's not a book that talks about journey. I found out after I wrote this book that it's really a marketing book. And everybody <laughs> says that's so funny because all the entrepreneurs are like, girl, you took me to church in this book. And, you know, I really overdid it. It's it's probably going to be the longest book that I ever write. Well, I'm not going to say that, but I really overdid it because I was just really trying to pour my heart and my soul into this book. Um, I talk about faith and fear. I talk about, you know, budgeting. I talk about marketing. I talk about, like, I break marketing all the way down. I talk about the numbers of entrepreneurship. Um I girl, that book is two hundred and forty pages of goodness. Oh, it wow. it was one of those things where I pretty much over deliver and everybody all the my publishing friends and people who work with authors and stuff, they always say, Oh my god, this is a textbook. This is not a book. Like and one day I'm gonna work on like version two and, you know, really go back through it and add some extras and kinda update it. But it's it was really a labor of love and it totally took me out. So for anybody that's that's wanting to write a book, like be prepared and, and just take it from me. Don't overdo it. But I have I've sold like over 12,000 copies to date. I'm excited about it. I love, I still love it like it was the first day. Um, One day I'm going to do a course on it because people, you know, always ask me everywhere when I'm traveling and speaking. People are always asking me to, you know, talk more about the journey, getting prepared for it and all of that stuff. And I don't really, I really don't think that you can put it all in the book. It's one of those things where 
you know, at some point you're going to read the book, you're going to get the knowledge, you're going to have to execute at some point so that you can go ahead and start, you know, start your own journey. Um, right. But it's definitely a labor of love. It's worth every dollar you spend on it. Um, yeah, you can get it on my website, krenewar.com. And it's amazing. Like, I, I'm i not just tooting my own horn. Like, I, people are like, girl, I can't even believe. Like, I didn't even know you had all of this in you. <laughs> yes. Funny. Yes, and I've heard really great things about the book. Actually, I ordered the book just the other day because I'm like, okay, I really want to read this book because I've heard so many good things. So I think it's important that once I read it, I'm going to update everyone on it because I'm pretty sure it's great. A lot of people have, like, raved about this book, so I wanted you to specifically tell them about it so they can go and purchase it. Um, I'll put all the information on how you guys can purchase it in the show notes um, so you can support her. And also, you have a program online that specifically deals with getting clients on LinkedIn can you kind of walk us through a high-level overview of this program and how our listeners can join and benefit from it? Absolutely. So the program is available at my website slash um, com, And basically it is a walkthrough. So I have been getting a lot of clients or people, period, just asking me about LinkedIn and I have been sharing that, you know, I got, like, offered a TV show um, appearance, a reality show appearance. I've gotten offered, like, speaking engagements, jobs, VP jobs, all types of things. And it's based on how I mapped out my profile, but also how I engage on LinkedIn. So I'm in several groups. And it's, a, it's different than Instagram and Facebook. You have to obviously be professional um, LinkedIn is a little late to the party. They are they just started LinkedIn Live and they have LinkedIn video, but I just feel like the leverage that you get from LinkedIn as a platform versus the leverage that you get for Instagram, depending upon what type of business you have. So obviously if you have a fashion forward business, um or you're promoting a fashion product or a skincare, beauty, all of that stuff. It's an amazing platform to be on Instagram, but LinkedIn is for the professionals. One of the things that I love about LinkedIn is that most of the people on LinkedIn make 70000 and above, so you're not going to get the people expecting you to charge $9.99 for everything that you sell. Right. Um, I don't have anything in, 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 in my portfolio for $9.99 outside of a book. You're not going to get me on the phone. You're not going to get me on a live for $9.99, so I like to roll with a professional crowd that knows, and this is no disrespect to people that use Instagram because I use it too, or Facebook, but I like to roll with professionals who already come prepped. They know what it is to invest in themselves, and they know that everything is not a small dollar or they're not just starting out. I work with a lot of intermediate-type clients um, that, you know, are looking to gain professional, like to catapult their professional brand. So that's why I love LinkedIn. Um, The course really has like in-depth workbooks on how to set up your profile, how to do all your settings, everything you need to be saying on LinkedIn, um, strategies to get sales via LinkedIn, tons of information. 
Um, and then there's also a VIP level that I'm actually keeping that up for probably another seven days where you can actually get me to audit your LinkedIn profile and also um, a small coaching session, a 30-minute coaching session on kind of like how you can conquer your goals on LinkedIn. So it's amazing. Oh, and then there's also a recorded live um, mastermind that we already recorded, which is just another training and a Q&A session. Yes, I love it. So this is also found on your website, correct? Yes, and it's, it's um, krenaeward.com backslash LinkedIn course. Perfect. So, again, I'll put that in the show note, guys, so you'll be able to have easy access to the link. And, I mean, we're getting close to the end, but we also um, passed on a question from our audience, um, from one of uh, two of our listeners, and one of the questions were, I'm having a hard time with finding my place in the market. What strategies can I implement to find my ideal client? What type of business does she have? The business was not uh, specified. It was just I'm having a hard time with finding my place in the market. Okay. So the number one thing, and that's what my Press Play Accelerator is about that's launching soon, the number one thing that you have to do is make sure that you have the appropriate brand voice and you are able to articulate that brand voice to your customer. So what do I mean by that? So if I'm on LinkedIn and I'm looking to attract attorneys and CPAs, those customers are used to more of a professional tone. Um, they may like slang. They might want to let their hair down. But typically, if you're attracting them for continued education and you're trying to sell them something, they need to be a little bit more your, – your marketing needs to be a little bit more professional. Also, I would make sure I'm looking at the platforms. I understand that everybody wants to be popular and be an influencer and infuse fashion and lifestyle into that, but that might not be your customer for what you are selling. Um, one of the things that if you have a small audience or you think you know the type of people that you want to connect with, connect with them, invite them to a focus group or a call or a survey, and find out what it is that they want, what it is that they like. And you may even find that those people that you thought were your clients may not be your clients. So I would use surveys. I would make sure that your brand voice um, and your platform selection is, is on point because you may not just be speaking their language. Also, infuse thought leadership. Um, stop giving so many tips and tell people what your unique point of view is. I think a lot of people make a mistake here because they like to give all of these tactical things, but you need to focus more on strategy. Why is the industry suffering? What can your viewers and listeners and followers do to catapult their businesses based on your thought leadership? That is how you resonate with the audience and articulate your voice in the marketplace. Yes, I love it. I love it, guys. Like, this is not so many gems, and I'm going to make sure that I put all of your information in the show notes because I think it's important for people to level up, and um, you have so many resources, so many different um, 
things that they can benefit from. So, guys, if you're in need um, or if you're interested in working with Karen A., all of the information is provided and will be provided in the show notes. So we're getting close to the end. So are there any last words of advice that you would like to give our listeners? If not, how can they find you and support you? Um, you can find me everywhere on social media, K Renee Ward, that's K R E N E E Ward W A R D on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn. Um LinkedIn is Keisha K I S H A Renee R E N E E Ward and K Renee Ward dot com. Um yes. my last my last note is don't just live a life where you're hustling for money and you're hustling to build a business. Live a life where you're leaving a legacy of your intellectual properties behind, you're being a creator, and you're sharing your unique point of view with the marketplace, and you're carving out a lane that is different from others. Like, don't be a cat copycat in the marketplace, share your thought processes, share your ideas, share your the way you are transforming your clients and resonate with an audience. Yes, I love it. I love you. And thank you again for being a powerhouse. It was super amazing connecting with you. And, again, I hope that you all take advantage of all of her classes, resources um, that she has available. And remember to subscribe to www.intentionallyposh.com for upcoming episodes. If you know anyone who can benefit from this podcast, please, please, please pass it along. The more people that you send to this, it helps build our community, and we're able to keep providing you with valuable content and episodes. Also, do not forget to subscribe and leave us a review. We love hearing from you, and it helps grow us as a brand. Again, listeners, remember to subscribe to www.intentionallyposh.com for upcoming episodes. And again, we thank you. And as always, have a high vibe, intentional week. Thank you again for listening to Posh Talks Podcast. This podcast was brought to you and sponsored by Women Living Intentional and Intentional Investments. Want to learn more about us? Check us out at intentionallyposh.com. And as always, have a high vibe intentional week.